0: And I want to talk to you today about what manner of love. We're coming to 1 John chapter 3, and we're just going to look at from verse 1 to verse 3. But you remember last week I said that verse 28 and 29 of chapter 2 belong to chapter 3. It's important to know that. I want to open up and read that to you as a reference, as an opening. It says in 1 John chapter 2, 28, and now little children abide in him abide in him abide means to stay in him we see that if you stay in christ that he changes you into the image of his son he says abide in him that when he appears who believes that jesus is going to appear again he's coming soon and very soon i love that song we need to sing that song again Soon and very soon we are going to see our king. Soon and very soon we are going to see our king. Soon and very soon we are going to see our king. And crown him Lord of all. And crown him Lord of all. And crown him Lord of all. all and cry... Help me out. And cry on him, Lord, of all... You know that I haven't got a singing voice today. Amen? I better watch out, Mark. I shouldn't sing here. But I wanted to sing that because Jesus is coming back again. Somebody shout hallelujah. And it's soon. But now John says to us that when he appear we may have confidence have you got confidence that when he appears tonight or tomorrow or in the next half an hour will you have confidence to look him in the face in the eyes that's a sermon i preached last week and i highly recommend you go and listen to it if you've missed it and not to be ashamed before him at his coming if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him now again i've preached about righteousness a few months ago in fact in that sermon i said the following i said you can fake the fruit but you can't fake the root you remember that everybody here can fake the fruit you walk in here and you've got a face and the face can really fake people of how you feel in your heart you might have so much trouble in everything. You walk in here with the biggest smile, and everybody thinks it's going all right with you. Yet it's not going all right with you, and that's the fruit. But the root that I'm talking here about is Jesus Christ. He is righteous, and if He lives in your heart, He becomes the root of your life, and out of that root will come fruit. He's fruit. You can't fake His fruit. It comes naturally some people are walking around and they say give me Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 which says the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace long suffering and they are trying so hard to be long suffering they try so hard to love others if it's not coming naturally you're trying to fake the fruit of God yes and this we need to look out for this is what we need to be careful of now I want to refer you to that sermon practice righteousness it's on youtube and if you go in there i think it was three months ago look for this one and go listen to it on youtube not because i've preached it but i think that is very good teaching about practicing righteousness in fact righteousness if you put the word righteous and righteousness into the bible it comes up over 500 times references through the old and the new testament So do you think righteousness is important to God? If it is important to God, then we need to practice righteousness. Now this is not a works-based religion that I'm preaching here. Practicing righteousness comes after you are born again, after you are saved. There is some responsibilities that lies upon you and me that we need to practice what the root inside of us tells us what to do the holy spirit came in lived inside of us didn't he is he living in you he certainly is living in me when do you receive the holy spirit when you are born again what happens when the holy spirit comes in he jesus christ comes because god is one god the father the son and god the holy spirit they come and they make a a, a, a habitation with inside of you and righteousness comes into your life and now i need to allow the holy spirit to change my life gradually to become that isn't that right He's the root. He is righteous. In fact, brothers and sisters, it's not saying that He's trying to be righteous. It's not saying that He's aiming to be righteous. Jesus Christ is righteous. That is His being. There is no shadow in Christ. The Bible says, the same John says, He is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. So the righteousness of Christ which comes living inside of us, the root that He plants deep inside of us is a root of light of no darkness. This is why He says now, He says that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. This is a sign for you and for me to look at people who call themselves Christians and to see whether they are really Christians. Now be careful Be careful to walk around with a piece of paper and to tick people off on the fruit. Because all we can see is the fruit. We need to look for the root. Amen? Now this is so fascinating. He is righteous by nature, I said. There's no shadow of a doubt that there's any darkness in Him. You see, righteousness that He is, is the sum total of all that God is. The sum total. All that God commands all that God demands and all that God approves and all that He Himself provides in His Son, Jesus Christ. That is a powerful statement, isn't it? The sum total of God is in the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to show you a fascinating verse. I don't know if you've seen this before, but if we go to the last book in the Old Testament, it's the book Malachi. Have you read Malachi? It's a powerful little prophet, isn't it? It's the last book in the Old Testament. And Malachi writes this. He says, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, you see that? The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like a stall-fed calves." This is a nice verse, isn't it? Now, I look at that and I go, why didn't he say S-O-N? Isn't it right? One would think this is a spelling mistake in the Bible. The son of righteousness. And I went back and I double-checked it and I go, oh, New King James Version, you've got a spelling mistake. Then I went to the King James Version and I go, oh, it's the same. S-U-N. The son of righteousness. And then all the translations needs to have it as the sun of righteousness. Because if we look at sun, we think about this thing which is hanging in the air there behind the clouds today, isn't it? And then I realize, when you read it in context, that when he was saying this prophecy, he was talking to the nation of Israel. And the verses before this, he was talking about the calamities that will come upon it. And he talks about the nations. And then he says, these people who's against Israel, there will come a judgment against them. And this is why he uses this. He says, the sun of righteousness shall arise like the real sun. But the sun also brings with it what? Light. Isn't that right? So light comes with the sun. We were all sleeping last night and we woke up this morning. And why did we wake up? Because it's that time. Our body clock tells us he's starting to wake up. And what is the first thing you do when you wake up? You go outside and you go, is it dark or is it light? And if it's still dark, what do you do? You want to go back to bed, isn't it? But we're in winter now. We go, you know, we need to wait another half an hour. Then we start looking at the horizon and what happens in the horizon. It starts changing color. Have you seen this while you sleeping until twelve midday? No, no, I've seen it a few times. And then when you look out, you see the light is changing and you see there's something is coming. The expectancy of something coming, isn't it? A dawn of a new day. Dennis, is that right? And then you sit and you wait for it. You wait for it anticipating for it and and as and as the light changes you hear some you hear how the earth is starting to wake up you start hearing the birds you starting hearing a lot of things it's a fascinating thing if you haven't done it before and and guess what it costs you nothing to do it and nobody's going to charge you for it and while you sit there still you are waiting and you're waiting until there there on the horizon it breaks through what what's breaking through the sun The sun breaks through. And what happens when you see the sun? The sun brings with it life. It brings life. Not only that, it brings sight. You stand there in darkness. It beats darkness. And then you start seeing it change. And as the sun comes up, all of a sudden you can see all the things around you. And it amazes me. It amazes me, friend. I'm just going to throw it in here right now. How some churches, is is closing their churches off and they try to make it dark again we need to walk in the light amen this is why it's light in here he is the god of light there is no darkness in him oh but we need to get the mood in the atmosphere i'm going to preach a different sermon let's continue on here but he is the son of righteousness shall arise and it is so fascinating when you look through this malachi and and now he's going to go into the next 400 years of silence if you know your bible and study it you will know between malachi the last book of the old testament and the new book of the new testament when john the baptist made his appearance there's 400 years that god's voice was silent on the earth well silent in a way that he didn't talk through prophets 400 years in fact i like to look at the last verses of the old testament this is the very last verse of the old testament in malachi He says in verse 6 there, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. It's fascinating when you read that, because now they're about to approach into the dark years of 400 years. And he says, If the hearts of the children is not going to turn to the fathers and the fathers to the children, what's going to happen? I'm going to strike the earth with a curse. And it's as if you leave the old testament with a curse hanging upon people isn't that right and this is this is what the law does if you keep on hanging on the law now listen to me clearly i'm not saying the law is a curse but if you hang on to the law and if you want to sit under the law and if you want to obey the law religiously what is happening you cannot do it my friend you go into darkness because you try it in your own efforts And here we find it so fascinating that the Son of Righteousness shall arise. And then He says this. Now I want to bring you to the New Testament. Remember in the Old Testament, the last time we read about the Son. Who is the Son of Righteousness, by the way? Who is it? Jesus. It's Jesus. Now we come into the New Testament and we read about another light. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. This is the son of righteousness. This is the son. There's a Sunday which reminds us. But in the New Testament, he talks of him as the bright and morning star. And it's fascinating that when you go into the New Testament, it doesn't talk anymore about the Son of Righteousness, but it talks about the bright morning star. If you go into the Old Testament, you don't find the bright and morning star. I find this absolutely great. Have you seen that before? The bright and morning star. You see why? What is the difference between the two? Well, the one talks about judgment. Judgment. The one talks about bringing into light, and then it ends in the Old Testament about if you don't turn the fathers to the law, and, and the children to the fathers, and all of, and, the, and it plays heart on the law, there's a curse on you if you turn, if you can't obey that. But now we come to the bright and morning star, and what does that bring to you and me? It brings hope, it brings mercy, it brings grace the bright and morning star. I'm not looking for in the Old Testament anymore. I'm looking for the bright and morning star because He did come. He did come. Remember, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, what did they say? A son was born in Bethlehem. And what did they say? Follow the star. And where did the star took them? Took them to the manger. That's the star. That showed of the bright and morning star. And again, I just want to compare the Old Testament and the New Testament. The last words in the New Testament, have you read them? Well, I've got them for you. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, the very last words in your Bible, he says, The grace of your Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Have you compared the two? I will strike the earth with a curse. That's the Old Testament we find that the Old Testament is a shadow of the substance which is the bright morning star. Once we come to the bright morning star and we end in the very last book of your Bible, there's no other being written after this. He says, the grace, everybody say grace. Grace. By what have you and I been saved? By grace. He says, the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Do we need His grace today? Oh, yes, you bet we need His grace. And He says there, Amen, which means so be it. So I didn't want to keep on preaching about righteousness because that sermon is there. But I thought I'll touch on those things. And you know what I find now fascinating about the bright and morning star? When I follow Paul, when he writes down in the book of Corinthians, chapter 2 verse 5 he says in verse 21 he says for he made him who knew no sin who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him if you do not have this verse underlined in your Bible if you have a Bible you have to in fact I want you to go and learn this verse like a parrot i want you to be able to say it when people come to you in fact when people come to you breathe but you know at that food bank and they say tell me what is this thing you're talking about this is a verse that will help you a lot why because it says for he made him him who's the him jesus christ who knew no sin to be sin for us to be sin for us, that he might become, that we might become the righteousness of God. Let me explain to you how it works. I come to him and I stand before the throne, and the judge looks down at me. And there I am with all of my sins I've done all my life, every single one of them, which I don't want to repeat in front of you because I will be ashamed. There I stand with my old tattered garment. I'm so sinful. I've done all of the worst things you can think about. And here comes the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N of Righteousness. Here comes the Morning Star. Here comes Jesus Christ, and He stands next to me. In what? In a rope of righteousness. There is no shadow in Him. There is nothing on Him. He is pure. There is no sin in Him. He lived for 33 years, and for 33 years there is nothing that stuck on Him. But here I'm standing at 33 years old and I am so sinful, I'm stinking in my sin. I was bad. And you know what he says? He says to me, I will tell you what I will do. I will take your life. I will take every sin that you've done all of your life. For thirty and three, I know I'm older now, but I want to put it in the same age. But he says, for all the thirty-three years, I will take your sin and I will change it into my life. And I'm going to take my rope of righteousness and I'm going to put it over you. And now I'm going to walk forward and live in your sin and you can walk forward and live in my righteousness. He did that for every single one of you in this place. Think of this. You say, wow, He did that for you? Think of this now. He did that for every single person that was born since the creation of this earth and sin entered in. Every single person, He did that for them. He did that for all of the sin. If we can combine all of the sin of humanity, will that be dirty? He did that for all of that. Then you have people who turn back to Him. He comes with that rope of righteousness and they say, ah, 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 ah. I don't believe in God. I can make it on my own. I'm feeling so comfortable in this old rotten garment torn apart I like this little hole which is torn on my shoulder I like the stench of this thing I'm walking around in that is called hardness of heart that is terrible I, I think of names coming up in my mind of people who turned away from me but it's not about them it's about me standing there and looking him in the face, and I know what I've done. And he said, I'm doing this for you. He changed his life for my life. Let me read it to you again. For he made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for John Shipman, that John Shipman might become the righteousness of God in him. Have you ever read that with your name in there? I'm going to give you a few moments to do that read it on your own put your name in there for he made him Jesus Christ the righteous who knew no sin he was perfect to be sin put in your name that put in your name might become the righteousness of God in him now when people look at you they look at the righteousness of God Are you living up to it? Are you practicing righteousness? All of a sudden, the Bible has now got a different meaning to you, isn't it? It's not about coming to church, pray. It's not about giving food for the food bank. It's not about giving you. Are you practicing righteousness? John says to us, he is righteous. Paul says to us, that righteous, exchange his righteousness for ours. Wow. And now we come to a key verse, because I can only stand here and think, who would do that? Certainly, I mean, come on, honestly, We are still living in these bodies if somebody came to i said it at the table would you give your body and your blood for somebody else he did now we come to this because who would do that we come to the key verse in in chapter 3 verse 1 he says behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us now you need to read this verse with this as a reference you need to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 and, and embed it in your mind so that when you turn now and you go, who in the world would have laughed like that? Then He comes and He says, Behold what manner of life the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Do you know what a child is here? A child is now to become the righteousness of God. So you see now, it's not just a little, you just don't become a Christian and whoo-hoo, i made it. No, there is responsibility because now you walk in, listen to me, you walk in and you became the righteousness of God in Him. And here He says, what manner of love has God, the Father has God, that we, that we bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. In fact, the right translation there is the sons of God. If you look down at me and my life and with my pride and with all of my hardness and my fightness and my feistiness and I reject God and I and I turn away from Him and I do my own thing, who in the world would look at me and go, I want to give Him the love to change Him into righteousness of God? It, it gets me that people walk away from this. Therefore, application word, the world does not know us because He did not know Him. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God? I, I was preparing for this, and I read this, this uh, story about a man who went to the doctor really early. It was in those days when the doctors was working from their homes and they had their practice at their home. And this, there was a knock on the door early in the morning. This really got to me. He knocked in the morning, and there's this old man. Uh, he's there, and he's got his finger. Uh, He had a plaster around his finger and he says, Doctor, can you just quickly take out the stitches? This is really early in the morning. The doctor didn't brush his teeth. You know, it was so early, really early in the morning. The doctor said, can't you come back a little bit later? He said, no, 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 I need to get this done because I've got an important breakfast that I can't miss and the doctor thought what a breakfast you know you got me out of bed for a breakfast come on man but you know the guy is there and he says let me help you and he started taking it off and he says yep it looks good and we can work tell me about this breakfast what is so important about this breakfast that i had to wake up early to help you and this old gentleman started telling him he says no no it's actually a breakfast with my wife He goes, oh come on i mean your wife is with you every single day you got me out of bed for a breakfast for your wife, which is special. He says, "No, no, it's really special." He says, "So tell me about the special breakfast with your wife then." He says, "You see, my wife is not living in my house anymore." Okay, that changes things. Now, where is your wife then? You know that it's so special, you get me up so early in the morning and working away on the thumb, on the finger. He goes, "You know, she's in a place where they look after her because." My, my beautiful wife is to the point where she's got Alzheimer's. Well, that now changes things, is not it? And the doctor goes on and says, oh, so what happens? Tell me, he says, well, every time I go there, uh, um, you know, they're looking after and I go there every single day and I make the breakfast for her and we sit down and we have a breakfast. And, and the old man started to have tears in his eyes. And he says, uh, but the thing is, you know, she doesn't remember me anymore she doesn't remember i sit down there and we have breakfast and she stand up and and she doesn't know she doesn't know it's me it's and and you know the doctor started talking really deeply and the doctor started tearing up and he goes oh that is such a terrible story he says but surely why are you still keep on doing it why are you keep on going back and having breakfast he says oh no it's important he said all those years when we grew up she always had breakfast ready for me and I was so busy, and I was in my things, and so on, I didn't recognize that, but she was every time there for me and breakfast, and, and it was special to her, but it wasn't so special for me at that point in time, but now, you know, I go back, and she needs me now, he says, but surely she doesn't even know you are there, it could be any person, it could be a random person, it could be even the people of the place who looks after your wife, and they could give her the breakfast, doesn't even know you and that's when the man said the things which really got me he said you're right she doesn't know me but i still know her wow you know i look at that and i think about me and my beautiful wife and i think will that be our story when we get there because we don't know what's going to happen with us brothers and sisters we don't know. I said it last week and I'm going to say it again today. You but sit one heartbeat away from eternity. But not only that, you sit but one thing that goes wrong in your body and you are changed forever. And 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 you know, where is your loved ones going to be like? This is a true story by the way by that man. He, he writes about it. But this is the thing. I look at that laugh of that man and I say, such a dedicated man. You know, could I ever, Lord? And I prayed it right there. I said, Lord, please help me that if anything happens to my beautiful wife, that I have the same the same things in my body to go through with that. To the end, we said, when we stood before the Lord. And when I saw that and I read this verse and I go back to the previous verse, I say, Lord... I can't even comprehend what this is because that to me is a measurement of love that I could experience because I'm in it. I can think over the last 34 years that we've been married that there were times really hard and difficult times. There were times that we didn't see eye to eye. We've had difficult times and hard times but we pushed through that because of love which lives inside of our lives. You know, I I went to my beautiful wife and he said, I'm going to go over to New Zealand. You need to follow me. And she followed me because he loved me. Well, I hope so. (laughs) Then I come to this and I said, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us because... What He's bestowed upon us eclipsed every single thing I told you about our love towards one another. He gave His only begotten Son to come and die on a cross so that we might become the sons of righteousness. That every single fault that you made, every single sin that you did, every single bad word that you said, every single thing that you can't forgive yourself anymore, every single person you can't forgive, and every single person that can't forgive you, He came to the point, my friend, that He says, what mother of love, that He bestowed on us. He says, all of that eclipsed in one point, I'm going to take on myself, I'm going to live your life, so that you can live my life in righteousness. I don't know about you but he's so so deep enough for me to preach these words the Bible becomes alive he says what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us now let me share with you that love and then we will go and have some food okay you see when I turn back to the book of Romans I start to understand some of this love but not all because i will tell you one thing until the die we lay down in the grave we will not understand the love until we look him face to face we will not understand that love, then it's it, we, we will see the love of christ the first time we walk into heaven and we see him face to face but now he's given us some clues to understand some kind of that love you see we go to 1 john chapter 4 verse 9 he says in this the love of god was manifested this means he came to live amongst us towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. I'm now living through Him in this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the appropriation for our sin. I want you to notice something. What things is that? Past. He says it right there. He says, In this is love. What tense is that? Present tense. You see, you need to read the Bible sometimes like this. Because this is something I'm going to show you now, which you may not have seen. In verse 10, he says, In this is love. Present tense. Not that we loved God. Past tense but that He loved us past ends. Now, I looked at that and I go, why would He play around with the tenses? For this one fact only. There is one beacon in our lives that shows the love of Christ. What is that? The cross of Christ. So when He talks about this, He's pointing back towards the cross. That's the ultimate sign of the love of God. Where He gave His body and His blood where he gave his life so that you can walk in righteousness he says that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins now we look now for a few moments in Romans we want to unpack this love we want to understand it or or I want to understand it I don't know about you Because it's really profound to me to see this love. He says that in Romans 5 verse 5. He says now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit. Through Him came love. And now He says the following. For when we were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, this word here, strength, without strength, is the word sickness. It's the word sin. We were in sin and sickness. We couldn't help ourselves. When we couldn't help ourselves, what happened? Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. Now we go on. He says, for scarcely for a righteous man one will die. This I find fascinating. You know, if I come to you and they say, will you give your body and your blood for a righteous man? What is a righteous man? It's an innocent man. We see so many times that they catch people and they are innocent. They're not guilty. And they put them in front of the courts. And what do they say? They say guilty, although it's an innocent man. He says, if I come to you and you know that that man is innocent, and the judge is sitting there and he's about to hit down that gavel and go eat guilty will you stand up and say i will take his place i will go to jail for him for five years i will take the scorching that he needs to get he says it right there he says if i stepped over something he says for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man now a good man is somebody who's useful That's a good man. He's useful around the place. Somebody says, I've married a good man. He's useful around the place. (laughs) Just depends on what kind of usefulness you want. But he's useful. You see, a useful man can do a lot of things. He says, forget about the man who's innocent. You say, maybe somebody will say, yep, I'll put up my hand. Because he's innocent, I will stand on him for He says, perhaps for a good man, a useful man, someone will even dare to die but god but god demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners christ died for us now a sinner is somebody's guilty that's easy you know righteousness against the sinner you say for the righteous man yep i will take his place for a good man yeah okay i'll take his place but now you've got a sinner somebody's guilty and, and you know the evidence is there this man has done what he said he, ne- he shouldn't have done and now he, uh, am I losing my place here he says for, for the guilty man for the sinner will you give up your will you take his place it's so easy to sit in church and say yes I will do it but I want to say 90% you will say no why because we say they deserve it isn't that right let him have it you do the deed, you pay the penalty. Isn't that how we operate? It's exactly how we operate. No mercy, no grace. I saw him do it. Judge, you are our buddies. I saw him do it. Judge him. He needs to get the judgment. No mercy. This is the kind of person he's talking about. He says, while we will put up your hand for a righteous man and maybe for a good man, God works different from us. He's looking at this guy, the sinner, the outcast, the black sheep, the the hardened man, the guy's always in trouble, the guy's life is always messed up. He says, I'm looking for these guys. That's who he's, who he's looking for. He says, Christ died for that man. Now, let me bring you to another one. He says, much more than... You know, I read those words and I go, Paul, what is much more than that? I think that catches everything and everybody. Innocent man busy man a useful man and a sinner he says no no having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him for if when we were enemies now he brings in a fourth person enemies we were reconciled to god through death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life so who's this first fourth kind of person which he brings in he brings in an enemy you know what this is this is a rebel this is a traitor so we've got the righteous man we've got the useful man the good man and now we've got the sinner and we say yeah we can put that all together and because all of those things you know they do things that, but now we turn around and we say that there are enemies against God and we are all born enemies of God we were all born enemies of God The reason why we sit here is by grace we've been saved. (coughs) Excuse me. But there are still people who are enemies of God. And God says, look, I've got... For even when we were enemies, we were reconciled. There's reconciliation to God, even if you're an enemy. That's the kind of love. He says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of god that righteousness john chapter 1 verse 12 again one of those important verses but as many as received him can i see who received him if you received him to them he gave the power that where there is dunamis power it means dynamite power to become children of god sons of righteousness to those who believe in his name who were born Not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. God is the one who saves you. He is the one who makes you born again. Now, why do I say these things? Why does he write these things? He says here that we are children of God some people and there might be even people sitting in this room today who do not still believe that they are children of god you come to somebody and say are you a child of god oh no one can never know until we die one can never know you know how can you call yourself a child of god well you're either a child of god or you're not you're a son of disobedience and your father is satan or you're a son of god there's no in between us here let it be known but here he says, now, if we received him, we are called the sons of God. We know his children. I'm a child of God. I'm not a child of the world. I'm not a child of Satan. Now look at this, because John write to us. He says, this is the reason I'm writing the letter to you. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know, everybody say no, that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You need to believe in that. But people don't believe in churches. They say, oh no, if you're an overcomer, if you keep on doing until the end, oh no, watch out, because next week you're going to do something and then you're not a child of God anymore. And then the week after you're a child of God and then you're not a child of God anymore. And then I want to be a child of God and then I don't want to be. That doesn't work that way. You're either a child of God or you're not. And the Bible gives us the confidence that we can be called children of God. Let me show this to you. Who testifies of this? First, the father. He says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. So the father says we can be children of God. Yes, you can call yourself a child of God. What about the Holy Spirit or the son? Jesus Himself, in Hebrews two eleven, For both of you sanctifies those who are being sanctified are all one, for which reason He is not ashamed to be called them brethren. He's our brother. If He's our brother, we are children of God. And who testifies about that? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. Who's the children of God? You can safely say I'm a child of God. Now, again, I say it before I end up. You're either a son of disobedience and your father is Satan or you're a son of God. And your father is is God the father through the son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in us. Now, I'm not going to unpack these verses. I'm just going to read through that and we're going to pray if somebody can call my wife. But uh, he says in verse two, beloved, now we are children of God. How wonderful is that? Now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him like him go and listen to last week's sermon again for we shall see him as he is and how shall we be we shall be like him now you can unpack that a bit and you say why wait a minute what do you mean we shall be like him well he said before he is righteousness isn't it And we are sons of righteousness we shall be like him and then he says in verse 3 and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god amen let's pray heavenly father i thank you so much for today i thank you for your word I thank you, Father, that your word touches our hearts, our minds. And I pray, Lord, that your word also changes our lives. I pray over the word today, Lord, that it will go in and reach, uh, accomplish everything that it's purposed for, and that it will return, not void, Father, but uh, return with many faults. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. (coughs) I'm uh, just about to preach out my voice, so (laughs) good timing. We will stand and take up the offering.